Marine, welcome to the Smoke Pit. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. First time I shot, or have you been here before? No, I've been here since 2017. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, my first time. Oh, so I'm really? Just, yeah, this yeah, I've never exciting. been before. It is. It's it is. huge, right? It's massive. It's <laughs> massive. I actually got to see upstairs for the first time today. Wow, was that impressive. You have to come to our booth. Where is it? Um, it's the Caesar Forum. It's Equifire. Awesome. I'll give you an update. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What do you? So uh, tell us about uh, about you. What, what do you guys do? Um, so Equifire do optics. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm influencer. So I work with them. Sure. And I work with Karen and Equitech. Taran do all the John Wick stuff and pistols and amazing rifles. And Equitech do really good bipods. I love them. Yeah. Nice. So and I'm just influencer. I'm promote all of them because I really believe in their products. Cool. And uh, what, so what landed you in this space? You were uh, IDF, is that right? Yeah, I, I came all the way from Israel for this show. Wow. For one week only, yeah. Wow. 18 hours. 18 hours. Yeah. Is that just 18 hours straight shot or is that No, included? it's like uh, 15 hours to San Francisco and then a few hours there and climb. Got yeah, it. it's a long travel, but it's Got worth it. it. I love America. I've yeah. come every day. Nice, yeah. nice. Where do you like to go when you visit here? Oh, wow. First of all, ranges. Like Sure. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think I come to America, let's say, like two, three times a year, and every time I'm here, like, my trips are all about firearms. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So, <laughs> Texas is freaking amazing. Vegas, Arizona, Utah, I love these places. Cool. You ever been to the East Coast? Uh, like New York? Yeah. I, I've been there. Yeah, I, I like, yeah I've been. I, I get it. I, I gotta tell you, I felt like New York is very, like, cold. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do you mean like, like temperature-wise or like emotionally? Uh, temperature, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but emotionally, I yeah. feel like everyone is like on their own and they don't see. It. It's true. So I'm I'm from New York originally. Oh I, really? Yeah, I grew up on Long Island, and you know I went to the school in the city, and uh, man, I you ever see that movie Gladiator? Yeah. Okay, you know that scene when they're first going into the Coliseum and they're going through that tunnel and you can hear the roar of the crowd and they're getting amped up to kill people. <laughs> That's what I felt like getting off the train in the city every day. <laughs> I'm going up the, the escalator through the tunnel. So I wasn't the, wrong, right? You're not wrong. Oh, you're not okay. Wrong. So I felt like the energy. Yeah, it's, it's a different breed of people. You know, everyone is, everyone's in a rush. Everyone's in competition with one another. Yeah. You know, like anyone, in L.A. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot like, yeah, it's an East Coast version of L.A. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love growing up there. You know, I love access to the beach and, you know, bagels and pizza. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I love Israel, but we have really stupid gun laws. Really? really? Yeah, wow. Like the whole war things that we have really good uh, gun freedom and we carry our AR-15 everywhere because they are like, Sure, we see uh, pictures of, you know, exactly. women on the beach and, you know, full bikini because with an AR soldiers. strapped to their back. Yeah. When you're a soldier, you get your AR-15 and you can go everywhere with it. Sure. Once you finish the military, you have no fucking access to firearms. Wow. Only specific people can get license for one pistol with 50 rounds. This is it. Wow. Unless you are a sportive shooter like I am, and then you sure. have like five in your home. <laughs> and this is, wow, how'd you do it? Yeah. Wow. So when I when I got out of the military, I spent seven years Army infantry. <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you for your support. Fellow. Uh, <laughs> so when I got out, I was, I was down in uh, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I got out of Fort Benning, Georgia. And in the state of Georgia, if you're active duty military, at least at the time, I can't speak for now, you were allowed to carry concealed without a permit. 
So, you know, when I was on like terminal leave, I was still in, but I, you know, burning up my leave dates, I could walk around with a pistol, no problem. The second my terminal leave ended, nope, that's a felony. Wow. And then I had to apply for my CCW to carry again. So it's 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 similar in not the whole country, but in, in Georgia specifically. Oh, really? Yeah, you can it's walk around with your, with your gun if you're, you know, So in Israel, we don't have like this thing with open carry or uh, concealed carry. Once you have a pistol, do whatever. Okay. Yeah, but, but it's not good. I prefer to be in America, I gotta tell you. Really? Yeah. You have to get a... So so you're not you're not, uh, you're not really into this like constitutional carry concept where anyone can carry... I love the second amendment. I gotta tell you, it's super smart. Like, a lot of the people in Israel, when they hear about the school shooting in America, they blame it on the second amendment and they blame on your um, gun freedom, let's say. Um, but I gotta tell you, this is not the truth. It's about mental health. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And people don't get it. Like, if uh, the gun owners in America were the problem, we would know. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. You are not the problem. And they always tell uh, the gun people, you have huge black market in America. But in Israel, we have only 100,000 people who can carry legally pistols. Mm. But we have more than half a million illegal firearms. You see? There you go. And I always say... There will always be firearms. They are not going to go away from the world. And I want to be able to protect myself with the most effective tools for the job. Yeah. yeah. It's like they say, you're not gonna you're not gonna make, you know, antelope safe from the lions by taking away their horns. Exactly. It doesn't work this that way. It's a great uh, yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, it doesn't work <laughs> that way. So, you know, I, I spoke to somebody the other day um, who considers himself a, a two way absolutist. Okay. Which and I asked him, you know, okay, so what does what does that mean to you to be a two A absolutist? And he just says, "Shall not be infringed." Okay. And he said, you know, back in the 1700s, a civilian could, could buy a warship loaded with cannons. <laughs> What's changed? And I well, you know, a lot, but you know, that's that's sort of his belief. Are you along those lines where like anyone should be able to buy any weapon? I'll, I'll tell you what, this is super complicated. You know, yeah. I'm not the one who tells people you cannot defend yourself and you can defend yourself. But it is very complicated. It is. In Israel, I'm, I'm a part of the legal weapon IL. It's like the Israeli NRA. And we, we get a lot of like bad comments from the people. They don't want firearms. They say like, uh, we, we are uh, very mad people. We don't want it. And But, but I say like, we had to have firearms to build this country, to defend ourselves. Don't you remember what happened like 70 years ago when we were without firearms? They killed 6 million of us. Are you afraid of firearms? And I got to tell you, I'm pretty famous in Israel. So uh, I, I do like advocacy for firearms in Israel and people are really getting interested in it. So I don't want to be the one who say who can defend himself. But, you know, it's a complicated story. It is. It is. And, I, you know, yeah, I do want to say that everyone should be able to defend their home, whoever they choose. But, you know, I think about my neighbor that I live next to. Do I want that guy to have a belt-fed, like, 240? I don't know. Yeah, it is very complicated. i got to tell you. Because I think about it, like, there are a lot of mental ill people around us. It looks completely normal, you know. Mental ill people don't have horns or they don't have a sign on them. I'm mental ill. They right. look exactly like us. So we can never know, but I want to be able to protect myself. Why would the government take this right away from me? Yeah, yeah, Problem. it's tricky. <laughs> but like you said, mental health is uh, is, is the big one. And yeah. like you said, wait, there's more guns in this country than people. So if the guns were the problem, 
there'd be a lot more dead bodies. Exactly. You know, not um, to say that, 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 you know, shootings aren't a problem here. They are. But is the problem the guns or is the problem mental illness? I 100% it's about mental illness because I gotta tell you, I started my firearms journey when I was in the military because we don't have like gun culture in Israel. Right. And the first time I, I wore uniforms and held a gun, I felt like I can defend myself, like I can defend my country. Um, and it always sits like on a trauma, on a childhood trauma. Uh, I was like abused when I was a kid and there was no one to save me. Right. And then I understood that if you don't stand for yourself, no one will. No one wants to, you know, uh, to get into um, dark places for you. You have to be the one to protect yourself. Yeah. And um, once, uh, so in the military, I found the firearms. I think this was like the first step for like healing process. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I could never know what it's going to be because I wasn't like, I wasn't a good person. I'll put it this way. Not because I was a bad person, but I didn't care. I didn't take care of my wounds when I was a kid. Like I was sexually abused from the age of seven until the age of seventeen, um, and I was miserable. Whenever I, wherever I went and whatever I did, I felt miserable. No matter how famous I became in Israel, and no matter how famous I became in the gun community in the United States, I felt bad all the freaking time. And I was like. Why do I feel bad? I should be happy. I have the fame. I have the money. Why am I so miserable? And then um, it was—it happened like three and a half years ago when I uh, met my husband, um, and I did something that really hurt him. Um, and I was like, "Why are you mad? Like I thought everyone do it, no?" And he goes like, "No, you gotta tell me the truth." And I was like, "Truth? Are you serious? This is scary." <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. then. For real, I thought like saying the truth might, might cause you troubles, and because this is what I learned when I was a kid, I learned to hide, to lie, to protect yeah. myself in this way. Uh, and then once I really hurted him, and I looked into his eyes, and this was the very first time I saw someone and understood everything. He's looking, he's looking on his eyes was so authentic, and I saw so much pain, and I was like. I don't want to cause pain to the people I love, you know? Yeah. I was like, are there two powers inside of me? Like, there's this power that I love him, I want to be with him, but there's uh, the power that I, I hurt him. Why is this happening? And there I started, like, my healing journey. I found out that I have to tell the truth, and my husband was, like, apparent to me. He taught me everything from the beginning. Like, we don't lie, we say the truth. Yeah, it was, and now it's funny. Friends don't but, lie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then by, by, by this time I was pulling my hair very aggressively and I was really not peaceful and I was looking for a way to solve it and I couldn't control my hands. Um, and then I searched on Google, what, what do I have? And it has a name, in Hebrew it's called Trichotilomania. Um, I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> um, but, but then I understood that this is like um, a stress disorder. Sure. And I was like, oh, wait. It's so a symptom, I can... of, a symptom of anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can solve it. And then I, I went to like four or five therapists and I was like, okay, I'm talking about my trauma pretty openly, but nothing happens. Like I'm stepping on my wounds. Um, and I needed something more practical. So I started like looking for myself and I read a lot of Google about childhood trauma and how to solve it. And then, um, 
I saw one page that said that if you talk about your trauma very openly, you will heal. Okay, this is what I understood back then. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty famous in Israel. I'll go to the main channel and I will talk about my trauma. So I went to the main channel and I, was, and I had a big article and I said like, I was raped. I didn't go into depth. Um, and I got a lot of comments saying like, me too, me too, me too, men and women. And I was like, oh, okay, I have a meaning maybe. I have to do something about it. So I wanted to give lectures, but I was so um, socially awkward. <laughs> I, said, put it, I put it this way. Now, you know, I'm very friendly, but back then I was afraid of people. So talking on, on the stage to audience, like, oh, no fucking way. Now I do give lectures. <laughs> now you're a social butterfly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I went to this lady who built uh, lectures, and we started talking about what did she build? Lectures. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we started like talking about it, and I wasn't like ready to talk about it. And she goes like, "Okay, I want to give you a one meeting with this therapist," and I was like, "You know, I'll try. No problem. I tried it in the past. It didn't help, but I'll go." So I went to this lady, and oh, she's fucking amazing. Uh, and I went out of the, her room, and I was like, "Wait, life was that simple, and nobody told me." And I, I remember this moment like it was yesterday. I was mind blowing. Like everything is so freaking simple. <laughs> we are built on our childhood, and. Then, of course, I, I started to go to therapy and understood more. And then I could also understood the love of firearms, that the need to be um, safe, you know, like safe. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it, it is, and it will always be like a long process. It will never end. But I got to tell you, once I started like taking care of my wounds, I became a better person. I would never give like a bad comments on the way someone looks or what he does because I don't care. I do me. I work on myself. So the thing in America, I said all of it because of mental health in America. The thing is America, that there is no enough awareness for mental health. Like... I feel that in California it became like fashion that you're toxic and literally what are you doing to me? You're gaslighting me. But people don't get like the meaning of it. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I really want people to go into depth in their souls and what they went through because a lot of people feel like they are alone in it. You know, yeah. um, I'll say it pretty openly. I was sexually abused by my father for like almost 10 years and no one helped me. Uh, in my family, in my environment, nobody helped me. And I felt like I'm alone in it. I, I did think that all of the girls are going through it, but they do not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, because it started in a very young age. Sure. Um, but there was a lot of shame in it and a lot of self-hate. And when you hate yourself, you cannot love anybody else. Yeah. And I really want people to go to therapy. And now I study psychotherapy in Israel. That's amazing. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And you know, you said something interesting that there's that there's not enough you know, awareness here. I think I think the problem is that people are aware. We know that we're all depressed. We're all stressed out. We're all killing ourselves at a job that you you know replace you in five minutes if you die the next day. It's I don't think it's a problem of awareness. I think it's a problem of, of, you know, confidence in facing that problem. Like, we know it's a problem. We get it. But so many people, myself included, for a long time, didn't have the strength and the, 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 the motivation to deal with it, to address it. The thing about dealing with it is that it's hard. 
I'm not gonna tell you it was easy. During the last like two, three years, I suffered like crazy from nightmares and night paralysis and uh, anger issues and depression, but I had to go through it to heal my soul. Like yeah. people don't get it. Uh, one time I went to my therapist and I was like, listen up. I am not dealing with it anymore. I cannot freaking do it. I cry all day. I, I cannot face it. I was mad at God. I would say, why me? I cannot handle it. But right now, I understand that this is the contract I signed with God before I came here to heal others and to, to spread the word about it. Because wow. this is so important to go inside of, of ourselves. Yeah. And it is very hard, but this is the most rewarding job I've ever done in my entire life. That's amazing. It is. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're doing it. I'm proud of you for doing it because it is hard for, for a long time. You know, I, I deployed twice with 101st, roughly a combined total of 27 months or so overseas. And uh, second tour in comparison wasn't that bad, but the first one was pretty rough. It started off in 05 and Iraq was still the Wild West. It was, it was insane out there. We lost a lot of guys, a lot of casualties. And I just ate that shit for a long time, for years, in fact. And, uh, you know, at, at some point, it started to take such a toll on my life and the people around me that it was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go to the VA and see what I can do. I go to the VA for the first time. I've actually told the story on the podcast before. I get to the VA for the first time. What my is car. VA? So oh, the uh, Veterans Administration. Oh, okay. Yeah, or uh, Veterans Affairs Office. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the United States government's Department of Taking Care of Veterans is what they do. They offer mental health services and medical services. Beautiful. I walk through the door, I get a few paces into the building, I find the first bathroom, I hide in a stall and I cry. I just started sobbing because walking through that door meant that I had to admit how fucked up I was. But yeah. we are all are. <laughs> right, but I didn't want to be one of them. I didn't want to raise my hand and go, yup, I'm hurting too. I didn't, I didn't, I was taught from the, like day one in the military. You that, had to hide everything. Yeah, that weakness, physical and mental, is is a crutch and it's going to get somebody fucking killed. And I if think, I'm weak, they're going to die. I think that it takes a very, very strong personality to say, I was hurt, I want to take care of it. Because a lot of people will take it for uh, as a weakness, right? Like, uh, oh, you, they hurt you, oh, you are the one to blame, you are <laughs> weak, you're blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. I don't live but, but by what you say. I live my own life. You don't go to sleep with me every night and you don't hear me screaming at night. My husband was uh, stood by me amazingly <laughs> uh, during this process. And I got to tell you, my family didn't like it really? for me to put it out. Yeah, of course. It, you know, generational trauma. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all over sure. the place. Okay, fair. So um, he really stood by me when I had panic attacks and night paralysis and when people whenever people say like something bad I thought to myself you are not living my life you don't suffer the way I do so yeah. I really do think it takes a very strong personality to admit that you were hurt and you want to take care of the wounds and this is really what makes you stronger I gotta tell you before I went to therapy I was like mm, I'm strong mm, I can handle everything yeah. yeah 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 I'll fuck you I'm so strong I'll beat you today today I don't even get to it like nobody can fight me for real if people like you know try to talk shit about me or whatever I understood like I understand excuse me um, why they do it I understand it's because they're hurting exactly it's they're controlled they're by pain. their traumas yeah. exactly so 
So now I have a lot of compassion to others and I don't judge them by their actions, by the words, by the words, um, by the way they dress. I don't care. I know we're all souls. Yeah. And and we, we were hurt, all of us. So if someone if somebody hates me, like really, really hates me, I pray for him. Yeah. Yeah. Every time in the morning I do prayer, like do his prayers. Yeah. So I send energy to all of the hurt souls that didn't take care of themselves wow including my family <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah those, those are the, generally the hardest ones to forgive or, or yeah, the family absolutely. members they're and supposed to be the ones that are you know supporting yeah, you to, to help you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I, i'm not in content like i don't i'm not in touch with my family but not in a bad way you know um uh, i don't like to put it like toxic because American love to use it, like literally, they are so toxic. You overuse the word a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and gaslighting me, but... Uh, <laughs> sorry that um, the no, Californian... Every time thing. you use that term gaslighting, ironically, I laugh. That's great. So, it's the face you make when you say gaslighting. The gaslighting is so gaslighting bad. Gaslighting so much right now. Like, oh my God, I can't even. So the thing is that I feel very compassionate about them. Like, I feel... Sorry, but not in a bad way for them. You know what I mean? I do. They're just not good for me. Sure. They, they take a lot of energy for me. And I'm not even talking about like the financial uh, aspect of it or any other aspect of it. Like they drain me. And it's not because they are bad. I don't believe that in this world we have good or bad. Like we have bad inside of good and good inside of bad. Okay. And if you don't take care of your childhood trauma and you then take care of the wounds that this world caused you you will suffer and the people around you will suffer and this is why I'm not in touch with them I do love them I do pray for them but we, we cannot be in touch I gotta tell you this is a, that's something very happy my mother is going to therapy now she was addict uh, addicted sorry she was addicted to like medicines and now she's going to therapy with me for all for already like one month yeah. This is amazing. This is a miracle, for real. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and good for her. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, my father passed away almost ten years ago. Okay, from cancer. Um, and by the time I started, like you know, my healing process, somebody told me you have to forgive your father, and I was like, what is forgiveness? Like in Christianity, in Judaism, wherever they told us to, they tell us to forgive. But nobody taught us how to forgive. And I was like, this is a very general idea. What, what is this to forgive? And then somebody told me, um, your father passed away from cancer, right? And I was like, yeah. And he told me, you know, men who die from cancer pretty early are most, more likely to suffer from a very bad childhood trauma. And then I felt like a little bit of compensation compassion sorry <laughs> and I was like oh what is this feeling is this forgiveness <laughs> yeah. and I just fell in love with compassion ever since I did my research and I understood that my father was a kid it was raped and back then in the 50s you couldn't say it he was like a macho man and yeah. he couldn't put it out and this is not an excuse for what he did to me but this is this was the way I could forgive him and let go and once I let go and forgive I can control my life and he won't control my, control my life anymore. And the thing is, is that he was, he'd never say sorry. He never like uh, wanted me to forgive him. But when I understand 
why it happened. And when I understand that this is generational trauma, and I'm the one to break the chain, like I wake up in the morning every day, and I'm like, I choose life. I choose to go to therapy, and I go. I, I choose to live healthier life, and not like to be toxic, because um, I want my kids to have an amazing life. And I don't want them to suffer from what I suffered. I gotta tell you, I didn't want to have kids before I go to therapy. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I thought, okay, so if he did it to me, I have chances to do this to them. So I don't want kids. And I, I, I never understood that if you hate something or you feel disgusted by something, there's a trauma around it. And I, I really feel that breaking this chain, the generational, the generational trauma, really made me happy. It is hard, and if I know how hard it is, and how strength it takes to choose life every day, how can I be mad at my parents that they couldn't do it? They had no awareness, they had no chance, so it was on me to break the chain. And this is the contract I, I signed with God. Yeah. Good for you. You're, you, you may very well be a better person than I am, because I... I'm not there yet with the whole forgiveness thing. <laughs> I, I don't feel compelled to forgive. I, uh, I'm happy to move on in, I don't know, kind of in my own way. You know, I'm, I'm just more of a break contact, move on and forget kind of guy. I got to tell you, it's not about like, hey, I'm better than you, you're better than that. We have our paths. Sure. It, it, like, I think you are amazing. You have like really calm energy and you have good eyes. And every one of us has its own path. To, to move on with his life. If you're angry, if you're angry, this is a way to, to move on. You know, yeah. it, maybe it motivates you to do things to help others. I don't know. My way was compassion and forgiveness because I'm I'm very like uh, empath. Did I say it right? Yeah, empath. Uh, yeah, empathetic. Yeah, very very. I feel people's pain, and I really want to forgive, so I can move on. It's not for him. The action was already done. Yeah. If you want to suffer from it now, it's up to you. But I didn't want to <laughs> suffer it for anymore. I want to have control over my life, but not like in a controlling way. Sure. In a controlling way. I wanted to, to, to be a better person. And I wasn't a good person before I uh, started this healing process, you know? Yeah. I felt like I'm very, very like, toxic and hating and competitive and... I didn't want to live this way. Now I just feel peace inside. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> that was that was me for a long time. Just just very you know aggressive, competitive. You know if, if you're doing well, then I'm not. You know if I'm doing well, then you can't. I, I wasn't in the greatest mindset, but uh, I, I know that having a daughter definitely helped. I, uh, I my daughter was born when I was uh, I was still a, a, a sergeant in the army, and I thought that. Being a non-commissioned officer was going to make me a better father. Turned out, being a father made me a better non-commissioned officer. <laughs> it, it made me patient, and it gave me it gave me patience, and it gave me understanding, and uh, it gave me a little bit of compassion. Still working on that one, but it gave me a little bit. And I mean, to be honest, I, I don't I don't think it was until my daughter turned maybe ten or eleven that I I really started to to think about my relationship with her as like human being to human being instead wow. of like I hate to say it NCO to soldier 
Oh. And yeah. Wow. And she's going to be a soldier for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm sure she'll grow up and look back at her childhood and go like, wow, that was fucking hard. Made me strong. <laughs> Made me strong. Built character. But that was fucking harder than it needed to be. And she'll be right. She'll be right. But, you know, I do feel I, I did my best to set her up for success. Because, like, in my book, the way I think about it, a parent's job is not to protect their child from everything that could hurt them. It's to prepare their child for everything that could hurt Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I you love know, it. You, you got you to prepare kids for a world that doesn't really care about their feelings. And that, it doesn't mean that, you know, we can't show care and concern for their feelings. We just have to teach them how to manage those feelings. Yeah, I love it. You know? When others don't care. Exactly, because the thing is that you build for your. I'm not a mother yet. I will be. Amen. But <laughs> I'm not a mother yet, and I gotta tell you, no one is perfect. I will make mistakes, no matter how common. Uh, sorry, my <laughs> ADHD is going crazy. So it doesn't matter how um, where I will be on my healing process and how good I think I'll be. I will have my mistakes with my kids, yep. and they will probably go to therapy because of me, okay? I, I believe, you know, uh, I will ignore them at some point, not by like meaning, but it will happen, we are human. Yeah. But I really want them to understand like what love is, like real love, you know? Not like love on condition. Yeah. I will love you like no matter what, I will be there no matter what, and this is type of relationship that you should have in your life and if you prepare your kids for the real life I think we should um, explain to them you can handle everything we don't trust people because we are we are afraid of what is going to happen to us yeah let's say my husband will cheat on me okay oh my god what will I do I, I cannot trust him I have to be controlling I have to check where he is I don't care I told my husband I trust you 100% you cheat on me, you do something that hurt my feeling, I will handle it. I will cry, I will be in anger, I will be depressed, but I will handle it and I move on. And this is the reason I can trust everybody, because I don't give a fuck. I know that this is life. We cannot be happy all the time and news for you and for all our uh, audience, people are not born happy. Okay, on, on the movies, no, they show us... you're born kicking and screaming and crying, exactly. gasping for breath. Exactly, <laughs> and this is what I'm saying, like, we weren't, we weren't, uh, we weren't born uh, to be happy. For real, people aren't happy, we have to work on it. And when you have peace inside yourself, everything just became easier. Like, you know, I love yes. talking to you, and I love talking to them, and what other things doesn't bother me anymore, because I enjoy my life. Yeah. I've got my own peace. Exactly. You know, if you don't have yours, sorry, but I've got mine. I'll pray for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that when somebody says, I'm going to pray for you. It's like such a such a polite way to say, man, you're fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I got to tell you it is. Because people don't understand it, but we're all fucked up. Okay? Yeah. This world is not always nice. <laughs> not at all. And we have our story. And once I understood um, that the fairy tale about the perfect family uh, didn't happen to me, I was really depressed. I was mad. I was like, how come? I want a perfect family. I want the perfect brothers. I want the perfect parents. How did? It, how come it didn't happen to me? The world promised me. Disney promised me uh, that I'll find a priest and I'll live happily ever after. But this is... 
It did you let us down, man. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they do horrible they, they jobs. They set us up for failure. They yeah, set us exactly. up for disappointment. So once you understand that you are not alone in this fucked up world, yeah. it, ma- it makes it easier, you know? We're all fucked up. Show me one person who doesn't have trauma, who doesn't have to, like, work on themselves. Yeah. If someone tells you, mm, I'm fine, I don't need therapy, probably he needs therapy. Yeah, rotter, and I don't need food. <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> exactly. It's oh. like, we, we just have like, you know, we imitate behaviors from our parents. Okay. We, it doesn't have to be like huge trauma. People see my trauma as a huge trauma. I don't see it like as, as a huge trauma. This was my reality. This is what I grew up with. So I didn't know anything else. For me, it's not a huge trauma. I just needed to work in it. And if you imitate bad behaviors from your parents, you probably want to work on it yeah. to be better for your kids, to be better for yourself, for your environment. And this is why I say Americans and Israelis, please all go to therapy. It's a fucking amazing uh, psychotherapy. I'm a student now. I study psychotherapy. It's like fucking amazing. Awesome. It's a very practical way to change your life. It is. It is. It is. It's not just your life, but, but your entire state of being, exactly. your mindset, your way of absorbing things, your way of putting things out there, your way of processing. It's exactly. it's whole body healing, you know? Yeah, you, you can feel You can it have the biggest body in the world, but if, if this is fucked up, what good is it? Yeah, you will suffer. And you will wake up at the age of, let's say, 80, 90, and you will be like, fuck, I missed my life. I gotta tell you, I woke up, let's say it like this, at the age of 26, and I was like, fuck. I, I, I really lost a lot of time yeah. of happiness and now I'm like in the moment you know uh, <laughs> my friends were joking at me that I was like the chillest bride in the world like I was like okay we're getting married that's fine he did everything <laughs> and and people came to me and said how you're so calm and I was like right now I'm with you here why would I be like excited or in stress or fear from something that is not here in this moment and once I'll be on the chuppah, chuppah is like in the Jewish ceremony wedding, we walk on the chuppah. Once I'll be on the chuppah, I'll probably be excited and happy and I'll feel all this food. But right now, I'm here with you. We're talking, we're doing things. Why would my mind be bothered at something that is not existent right now? I've tried to pass that message on to a lot of people. Like, if it's, it's not right in front of you, chill the fuck out. Like, let's deal with it when it gets here. There's no point in, you know, shooting at something that isn't within range of your weapon system, you know? <laughs> I love it. It's outside of your max effective range. Don't put rounds on it, because those rounds aren't going to hit the target. Oh, I love this analogy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, feel free to use I'm, it. I'm going to use, use it. Use it with your patience. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, end of the day, we're all human beings, and we all have breaking points. And ultimately, we're all going to reach those breaking points at one point or another. You know, you can either, you know, put your guard up and go, no, not me. I'm not going to. Or you can be ready for it. You can prepare your mind for it exactly. and know how to deal with it. Because and understand you that you have no control over nothing. We have zero control on people and events and what's yes. going to happen to us. When you release this controlling personality, you're in peace. You understand that nothing is my hand and I will deal whatever. But... Right now, I'm in peace. I'm not trying to control what you're going yeah. to say. I'm not trying to control my husband. Like, where are you? Where are you going back? Yeah. No, no, no. You do you. I'll do me. If yeah. you're happy with me, we'll be together. And I will make you happy because you are important to me. But I will not try to control you. 
This Beautiful. is very important. And I love the Second Amendment. Did I mention it? I, we came here to talk about firearms, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we went to Melton Hope. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the two go hand in hand. You know, <laughs> you, you can't really have the conversation about firearms without addressing mental health, yeah. which so, I think personally is the biggest threat to the firearms community. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like people don't understand. Firearms will not go away from this world. They're here. Yeah. And the good people, let's put it this way, they want to protect themselves. Yeah. And this true. is complicated because there are bad people who will take those firearms and do like school shooting and terror attacks. <sighs> this is a complicated world, isn't it? It's true. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If they didn't have a gun at home, they'd, they'd grab a knife. Or they'd get in their car and they'd mow down a bunch Bare of people. Hands. Or they'll build a bomb in a shack in a shack in the woods and bomb university. They'll find a way. We have to protect ourselves. Yeah. The reality is, look, we, we all have violence in us. We're human beings. We are a violent species of animal. We are a competitive species of animal and uh we're a tribal species of animal there's going to be violence inner human conflict inner yeah inner human conflict is a reality it's even been called the universal phobia and it wouldn't be that universal phobia if it wasn't in all of us but you know if you can put civility and dignity and patience out into the world and you get that civility and dignity and patience back the need or even want for violence it goes down this is what I'm trying to like, you know, spread the message about mental health, because we can um, cancel our ego. I swear to God, it's hard. It's <laughs> yeah. Super fucking hard. Yeah. But we can do it, can. and we can live peacefully and have real relationships in our life, and, and not like to be, oh, when is he going to hurt me? Um, <laughs> I cannot trust him. Oh, he's talking behind my back. And I gotta tell you, I feel like a lot of American people, especially Americans, they're very fake. You know, they'll be like, oh my God, I love your hat, I love your shirt, you look so good, I missed you so much. Once you turn around, oh, this bitch, I fucking hate him. Yeah. And I, I uh, it's you a lot of energy. really bad is, is on here, where people, that fake love you're talking about, yeah. oh my God, I love this person so much, let's take a picture, I love them so much. And then it's like, why the fuck is she liking that? Why did she like his photo? <sighs> Calm down. It's Calm a lot of energy, down. you know, I want to put my energy into good things that makes make me like a bigger person yeah. that I can help others why would I put my energy in lying to you that I like you there will be people <laughs> that we don't like we don't have to be rude we yeah. can not like them in a respectful way I can sure. say hello how are you you're good fine yeah. and I'll go to my way without mm, this bitch in my yeah. it's a lot of energy yeah. and I don't have a lot of energy so I keep it for the good things <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know energy love all that stuff you, you, it's a finite quantity and if, if you're giving it to the wrong people or if you're just throwing it out frivolously because you want to appear a certain way you're not going to have enough for yourself you're certainly not going to have enough for the people around you who deserve it exactly. and people who need to know it they are deserved to be loved they are deserved to be, have you said correctly yeah. yeah i'm not sure my english is like no you're making perfect sense thank you, thank yeah. you. so i just really want people to know no matter what you've been through, no matter what you did, you can start now, right fucking now, yep. and, and be a better person for yourself, for your environment, and this is a very important thing. You can be really good to anyone else and not to yourself, and be good to yourself, this is the hardest part, to find compassion for yourself. Like, all, all these years I was like, why didn't I get up? Why didn't I run away? Why didn't I ask for help? 
And once I understood, this little kid couldn't do anything. She was trapped in home. These were my parents. What can I do? There is nothing I could do. I needed to survive, and this was, this was, excuse me, the way to survive, to, to just wait till it ends and, you know, find compassion to yourself. It's hard. It but, is. But it's really rewarding because then you're not mad at anybody else. Like people can talk shit about me in front of my face, and I would say, I pray for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I felt that for a long time where like I there were times where I didn't have any love for myself I didn't have any respect for myself and the only reason I didn't quit was because you know my time in the service beat into my head that every second of the day the guy to my left and the guy to my right is counting on me and there's nothing worse in the world than letting them down I let myself down fuck it I don't care I'll never know right but if I let them down I gotta live with that for the rest of my life. So even after I got out, you know, I'm not a I'm not a soldier anymore. But I've got a daughter, I've got a family, and regardless of how much I hated myself, I was terrified to let them down. And that wow. was the only thing keeping me going. But and the problem with that is because I really didn't have any, you know, inward facing love, I started to feel resentful for the people around me. You know? Yeah. Like why why do I have to feel this way? You know, why me? Why am I giving so much of myself to you and nothing to myself? This is really And it's bad. not until you start to love yourself, you start to respect yourself, that you can let that resentment go. I gotta tell you, we come to this world alone. We leave it alone, okay? <laughs> During the time we meet people, we, we will make them happier if we will be really happy and, in, and you know, in peace with ourselves. And you cannot be mad at yourself. You did the best you could at this time yeah. with the tools you had. Um, let's say now, uh, I'll put it this way. The only tools I had when I was a kid was to, to stay silent and not run away and wait till it ends and whatever. How can I be mad at this little kid? I cannot. I, can, I cannot judge her. Yeah. And once, oh, I have here the tattoo of me hugging my inner child. Oh my God. Yeah, I make peace with myself and this was the hardest thing like you cannot cancel yourself and be good to others because it um it will be like okay i was so good to them and now they're bad to me but they own me like no one owns you nothing and when you're good to yourself and you do good from a very like pure place in your heart you understand that no one owns you nothing yeah and and it releases you and, and when you're in peace, you can give them from a very healthy place and not from a toxic place to, to like satisfy everyone and be a people pleaser because we cannot live long like this. I promise you, I know, <laughs> I know. And, yeah. we understand, and we need to think, what, is, what do I get from being a people pleaser? You know, because this is a way to survive because you get a little bit of love, a little bit of um, like, you know, Thank you. Yeah. Okay? And then you're oh, it's like an addiction. It yeah. is an addiction. Yeah. So once you understand you cannot be a people pleaser, your life go in a better way. It's true. When you're when you're when you're a people pleaser, you're you're living thank you to thank you. Yeah. Which is no different than like scrounging along, living paycheck to paycheck. And it's drugs. hard or drugs. Exactly. Hit living you know, hit to hit, jab to jab. It's 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 painful and it's hard and it's yeah. tedious and it's a constant hustle. And and the thing is that 
we become people pleaser because in our childhood our parents not to blame them not to blame them but our parents gave us love only if we did something like you clean the house or oh, you're such a good boy um, you, you did something for them then you right. get love and and then because you provided value exactly and if you love your child like unconditionally they will grow up understanding that they don't have to please anyone but themselves and if if they want to do something they will do if they don't they will say respectfully I don't want to do it like if a guy hits on me I'm, I am very polite I say thank you I'm married if you cross the line block <laughs> so boundaries woo yeah yep. this is a good one boundaries I love boundaries yeah yeah it's fucking awesome the way people <laughs> react to boundaries this is how I know if they are good or not for me yeah <laughs> you can tell a lot about people based on how they react to boundaries that you establish exactly. yeah I love it yeah you see there is love in the in the gun community there I is love, love the and gun understanding community. and patience they're you know? fucking awesome it's not I just love a the bunch of fuds firing guns in the air you know <laughs> we the boom, 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 boom. I fucking love it the adrenaline the people around me cool guys for real I love the gun community yeah it's a fun it's place awesome. to be it is Aureen this was amazing Thank I'm so still much. saying that right, right? Aureen? Aureen, Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Thank you so much for Thank coming on so the show. Thank you so much for this having me. It was so much fun. Enjoy the rest of the shot. Thank you so much. You do. <laughs> Thank you.